We have known for a good 10 years that taking out the ovaries or the uterus increases the risk of dementia in women. I'm reading this thinking, I am doomed. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey everyone, welcome to Free Thinking Friday, a brief episode where I discuss some of the things that I've been pondering throughout the week. In the previous two episodes, I talked a little bit about the summer wellness routine that I've started with my college-age daughter, and I'm not going to get into that today, except to give you the tiniest update to tell you that my husband, who typically refuses to participate in any way in any of the eating things that I do that vary from the standard American diet, which would be full of meat, potatoes, loads of bread, and other carbs, maybe some cookies and other sweet treats thrown in there on top. He has been doing this with us, but only for the evening meal that he is home for. And he has lost four pounds in the last two weeks, only doing this kind of halfway. Anyway, just by eating what I'm cooking for dinner. I also have to add that I really do think it's pretty sweet of him to show his support for her by sitting down for dinner and actually eating exactly what I've prepared because he doesn't always do that. So when we change a behavior, when we try to change a behavior or to add a new behavior, support is critical. And it's hard to make a change if you feel deprived or if you feel like you've been undermined. So This is not just in my situation, but for anybody out there who is trying to make a behavior change, always remember that it's important to try to find those people who are going to rally around you and support you and not throw up additional obstacles for you. I always like to go back to the idea that it's not how we look that counts because that is not what this podcast is about. That is not my philosophy. This is not all about making sure we look awesome. Instead, it is about how we feel. Do we have the energy to participate in our favorite activities? Are we depressed? Are we anxious? Are we able to move comfortably? Is our brain sharp? These things are much more important than having that bikini body that the magazines or your Instagram influencers tell you that you need. There is so much wrong with the diet and fitness culture. So I really stress, I really like you to remember that it's the exercise and the nutrition that they're about so much more than looking sexy and showing off your six-pack abs. I want you to focus on how you're feeling. Do you have energy? So this week, I have a bunch of thoughts related to two articles that I read when I woke up this morning. And also based on a few conversations I've had with friends and people who are in my Power of Run Facebook groups. And I think it all kind of ties together under the umbrella of protecting your brain from cognitive decline. Now, before you turn this off, I want you to know that this can start happening as early as your 40s. So I know a lot of you that are listening are in that demographic. So don't think that this is an old person topic. I was alarmed this morning when I woke up and read an article that one of my friends posted on Facebook. It was an article on Medium, 
and it pulled together some information from recent studies, articles, and interviews, and the headline was Menopause and Alzheimer's. Dr. Lisa Moscone's grandmother had two sisters and a brother. All three sisters died of Alzheimer's. Their brother was spared. Why? Quite the intriguing headline, isn't it? It makes you wonder, why is it that the two, the two sisters, the three sisters, all died of Alzheimer's and the brother didn't? The article discusses the link between menopause and Alzheimer's. And I will link this article in the show notes for anybody who would like to read it because it is super interesting. And I'm going to discuss some of the main points in this podcast. After the interviewer and Dr. Moscone get past the introductory chatter, Dr. Moscone says, well, for one, we have known for a good 10 years that taking out the ovaries or the uterus increases the risk of dementia in women. I read that and I immediately felt like I was going to hyperventilate because that means my situation is much, much worse. Most women who have a hormone positive type of breast cancer not only get hysterectomies, they also are prescribed a hormone blocking drug to shut down any additional estrogen that the body tries to make. So a woman who has had a hysterectomy still has some estrogen because estrogen does not come only from our ovaries. But I'm reading this thinking, I am doomed. Dr. Moscone goes on to explain that surgical removal of the ovaries increases the risk of Alzheimer's by 70%. So not exactly the statistic I wanted to wake up to this morning. Last weekend, after the swim portion of my Saturday morning triathlon class, someone mentioned the link between estrogen and Alzheimer's, and I kind of blew her off because I've read for a few years now that scientists are now thinking that Alzheimer's should be renamed type 3 diabetes, which in my mind means that we have a few tools that we can use to decrease our chances of getting Alzheimer's. So my friend tells me about this estrogen-Alzheimer's link, and I just kind of shrugged and said, yeah, we're good though. Look at all the stuff we do for our health. Because, you know, I'm in this room, this locker room full of women who are just finishing the swim or getting ready to go upstairs to bike. And after that, we're going to lift weights and run. And so I'm thinking we are covered. And I didn't really put much more thought into the conversation that I had in that locker room because I was familiar with this research and have always felt like the best line of defense is to exercise, keep my stress levels low, and to eat foods that nourish my body. So then I woke up this morning and I read this new article that starts out by saying that two-thirds of the people with Alzheimer's are women. And that kind of pe- that that piece of information was kind of jarring to me also because I always thought it was the other way around. I didn't realize that there were more women than men with Alzheimer's. So this is one of the things that Dr. Moscone has been studying is she she looked at women and what is going on with women when they hit their 40s and 50s and beyond. What is going on with their bodies that would make them more likely to get Alzheimer's? And from there, that connection to menopause was made. So I did a little bit more digging this morning 
to see what else I could find about this menopause Alzheimer's link, because this is something that affects all women. And we all know that there's not enough research done specifically on women's health, especially the kind of research where we aren't clumped in with the men. We know that heart attack symptoms present differently in women, but there's very little information about the differences in heart health between men and women. That's just isn't something that has been studied in depth yet. And the topic of women's health seems to be mainly focused on reproductive health and breast cancer. And I just think that this link is a huge topic that we should all be concerned about because who wants to go into old age not being able to recall important facts or to remember the most amazing times of your life with your friends and your loved ones? So here's a little bit about type 3 diabetes according to a Mayo Clinic article. Type 3 diabetes occurs when neurons in the brain become unable to respond to insulin, which is essential for basic tasks, including memory and learning. Some researchers believe insulin deficiency is central to the cognitive decline of Alzheimer's disease. Dr. Moscone, who is the one quoted in the Medium article that got my attention this morning, is the director of a research program at, I'm sure I'm going to butcher this name, but it's the Weill Cornell Women's Brain Initiative in New York City. And it is a research program aimed at reducing Alzheimer's risk. She says that estrogen protects women's brains from the effects of aging. Symptoms of menopause, since such as hot flashes, night sweats, memory changes, all of these things are caused by declining levels of estrogen. The doctor also says that women's brains tend to age faster than men's, which is also likely related to the loss of estrogen. It's important to note that this does not mean that menopause causes Alzheimer's, but only that it could accelerate the process in women that are predisposed to the disease. So even if you haven't had a hysterectomy or you aren't yet in menopause, the link between estrogen and menopause is still something you should be paying attention to. Women who get their period later or start menopause may have a greater risk of dementia later in life. There is also some talk about the benefits of estrogen therapy before menopause begins or getting estrogen therapy early in menopause. However, what we don't know, we just don't know a lot yet since this is a newer area of study. There is a study that shows that estrogen therapy shrinks the brain in women who are also diabetic. So that would probably not be the greatest thing. And Anyone who has had hormone-positive breast cancer like I did would also never be able to participate in estrogen therapy. Dr. Moscone said in an interview that we need much more research to test the efficacy and safety of hormone therapy, which has been tied to an increased risk of heart disease, blood clots, and breast cancer. So it's one possible solution, but it might not be the right solution for all populations. So what do we do about this? This is still being researched, and hopefully Dr. Moscone and others will learn more about how estrogen relates to Alzheimer's. But for now, researchers believe basically the things I mentioned at the top of the podcast are the best ways to offer yourself some protection. 
You want to do things like exercise. We know that exercise is good, not just for our heart, but for our brain. I did a number of podcast episodes on this topic, so I want you to go check out episode 14, No Sweat, How the Simple Science of Motivation Can Bring You a Lifetime of Fitness. Also look at episode 13, Five Tips to Defy Aging and Power Up Your Life, and episode 5, Bonnie Parrish Kell, the Chief Diva at Slowpoke Divas, talking about you're never too old or too out of shape to lead an active lifestyle. So beyond exercise, you also want to fuel your body with nutritious foods. Dr. Moscone recommends the Mediterranean diet and suggests that we add foods like flax seeds, chickpeas, garlic, berries, apricots, citrus fruits, almonds, leafy green vegetables, fish, and olive oil. And she also says we should minimize meat and dairy. And, you know, we talk about this all the time on the podcast too, avoid processed foods. And then she also talks about things like reducing your stress and maintaining social connections. All of these things are things also that we know are good to help our brains as we age. And right now, these are the best things we know of that can help us reverse or prevent cognitive decline, exercise, eating well, watching our stress and being social, getting out, making connections with people. So moving on to the second article that I wanted to discuss today, I read this article that's title was, these super seniors are living longer, healthier lives. Want to retire well? Your personal trainer may be as important as your financial advisor. The first paragraph reads, it's a simple routine, stretches, sit-ups, push-ups, leg raises, bending, stooping. It isn't overly strenuous, but it gets the blood flowing and makes Richard Kane feel a sprightly 70, which is terrific given that Kane is 97. This article talked about the fact that people are living longer than they used to, but also that what it means to get older has changed. And I know I think of this when I want to offer programs that target people in their mid-40s and up. People in their 50s and 60s do not think of themselves as old. And if you're part of this age group, you know we don't respond to marketing that features actors who look old and frail. We have grown up active and we want to remain active as we age, right? And old-looking people sitting in a chair or struggling to walk just don't connect. They're not relatable to this demographic. And this ties back to some conversations that I've had with some runners lately. People who are getting older, but who are not by any means old, but who are either burned out, struggling with injuries, or just looking to try other things. And I really think that it's important not to get all caught up in what it means to be a runner or what it means to be a triathlete. You can be a runner even if you haven't run a race this year or in the last three years. If you get out and you like to lace up occasionally, you are still a runner. Just because you're not racing doesn't make anybody revoke your card to the running club. Runners can do more than just run. In fact, runners should do more than just run. Trying new things, we should think of trying new things as being fun. Get out there and go hiking or rock climbing. Take a 
trapeze class or just whatever sounds fun. When we do new things, we are engaging in activities that our bodies aren't used to. And we do see a health benefit. And when we're challenging our bodies in this way, it challenges our our mind to learn new things. But our bodies are using muscles that maybe we haven't used in a while. And we're building strength or building other physical skills that we maybe didn't, weren't doing as only a runner. Also, I mentioned this a second ago, social ties are critical as we age. And they are critical when it comes to brain health. So if it's the social interaction you'll miss when you try a new activity, see if you can drag some friends along. Or make a point of talking to the organizer of that activity and make sure that they know that you want to make new friends, that you're there not just to participate, but that you want to form some new friendships. Because it is always more fun and more motivating to go to some place when you have friends there. That's one of the reasons I love my tri-class, not so much because I'm digging the workouts these days, but because I love the people and I'm eager to go have a reason to go hang out with my friends. In the article that I mentioned about super seniors, Dan Ritchie, who is also one of the founders of the Functional Aging Institute, where I got my Functional Aging Specialist certification, he said he advises clients to think less about fitness itself and more about what you want your life to look like. He calls this functional ability. As we age, he says, having the functional ability to do basic things can become more challenging. What if you want to get down on the floor to play with a grandchild, kick a soccer ball in the backyard, or carry in the groceries? The great news about nutrition, friendships, and fitness is that you are never too old or too out of shape to start. And if you are in your 70s and you want to move better, you can start moving. You can start with walking and then progress to other activities that will help you build strength and balance. And then you can introduce exercises that will make it easier, maybe to rotate your back or to get onto the floor or to tie your shoes or improve your fitness even enough that you could go on a hike through the Grand Canyon. Being busy working too much, having young kids, none of these things are valid excuses. They might feel like big obstacles and they are big obstacles, but they are obstacles that you need to explore and find a way through because whether it's protecting your brain from something like Alzheimer's or making sure you can care for yourself until you're a hundred or just moving enough so you are able to get off the couch and explore the world that goes beyond your television. Taking care of your body should be a priority for everyone. I hope that this episode has given you something to think about. I will link to all of the articles I referenced in the show notes, all the ones I used for research and the ones I quoted from. I'm Coach Kim Peek. And if you want help developing new habits or starting a walking or running or strength program, shoot me an email and let's talk. You can email me at coachkim at thepowerofrun.com. And I look forward to talking to you. Everybody have a fabulous weekend and get out there and move. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www 
www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.